You want to hear something really weird? I had this dream. I wake up. I wake up, I mean, in the dream. It's one of those kind of dreams. Okay. Today's scripture reading is from John 10, verses 1 through 10. Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The word of the Lord. You want to hear something really weird? I had this dream. I wake up. I wake up, I mean, in the dream. It's one of those kind of dreams. I wake up, and I'm lying on my side in bed. My eyes just, like, jump open. And I'm staring into another set of eyes, just, like, 18 inches from mine. And I'm, like, looking into these eyes, and I'm trying to get my bearings, you know, to clear my head, to find some context. And I realize someone is stroking my hair. I blink and I refocus. And I can see that I am lying in bed with this woman. She's staring into my eyes and she's stroking my hair. And I break eye contact. And I look at this woman. And she's lying on her side facing me. I look her over to try to figure out, like, you know, what's going on. And she's wearing these kind of flesh-colored stockings shoeless, a black and white or like cream patterned dress, um, some lightweight synthetic material. And it's kind of bunched up around her hips. I mean, not in any sort of like suggestion of romance way, but like it's the result of lying on the bed or positioning herself on the bed. And I can't recall what the sleeves are like, but the neckline is a modest V with a white, that white or cream colored sort of ruffles. Her hair is dark, and it appears to be in what they used to call a set, or it's sort of like a hairdo. And then I noticed that at her hairline is some sort of like ace bandage sort of colored tape or something sticking out from under her hair. And I realized that she's wearing a wig, and it's kind of shifted. And I look into her eyes again, and they're kind. I mean, it's a deep kindness. And her mouth 
is a shape of sort of, in a shape of sort of a smile, but it's kind of hard to tell because her lips, they're, they're lined and sort of pinched, like maybe she's a lifetime smoker. And her lipstick, like the rest of her makeup, is heavy and poorly applied. She appears to be about 85. Her smile broadens slightly. I sit up quick and I look around. I'm not even in my bed, in my bedroom. I'm in a ward, like one of those hospital wards that you see in a movie, like beds lined up along each wall, fluorescent lights, flickering light kind of light. And I'm scanning the room in panic. I mean, I really can't make out other patients. I mean, they're there, but I mean, there's other people moving around the ward, but they're out of focus like in a dream. And then I know, well, I realize that this is a psych ward. I'm in an insane asylum. And uh, I use those words with apologies to uh, any mental health professionals that might be in the room. I mean, this is not like a state-of-the-art psychiatric facility. This is straight-out horror movie insane asylum. And I freak out, and I jump out of the bed, and I start running, and I see the elevator door at the end of the ward, and I'm running as fast as I can, but, you know, that dream molasses is working on me. Slowing me down. And I hear shouts and I look back, and some nurses or orderlies or something are running after me, and they're shouting something I can't make out. And I get to the elevator and I punch the buttons, and it's taking too long, and I see the stairs. And then I basically go through every scary chase through movie insane asylum cliche there is down the stairs, through a dark, abandoned hallway, hiding behind some metal cart while the nefarious put. Uh, Practitioners run past. I mean, you've seen it. I just wanted to tell you that thing about the dream because, like, the next day I remembered it so vividly. So I was kind of like trying to figure out. I don't usually think, oh, does this mean anything? But I just remembered it so vividly. So I was trying to think, does this mean anything? And then I remembered that, like, Freud or Young. Or Steve Norstead, my friend from seventh grade, said that every character in your dreams are really all you. Everyone in your dreams is like a different part of you. So I thought, well, you want to know what I thought? I thought about this text for today. I thought about this text for today because it had been puzzling me. It really was like confusing to me. I've always like not really been sure I understood what it was all about, what it meant. It's full of all these characters and mixed metaphors and statements that, frankly, don't seem to me to be very true. Jesus says he's the shepherd that enters by the gate. Then he says he's the gate. He also says he's the gatekeeper. And then there's the thief and the bandit and the stranger. And then there's the sheep, which I guess is who we are or who I am. Jesus says... The sheep will recognize the voice of the shepherd. Jesus says that we will recognize the voice of God speaking to us in the world. That God will be with us. Jesus says the sheep will run from the voice of a stranger. Jesus says that we will run from the voice of the bandits in the world. Jesus says that we will not listen to thieves and bandits. 
Jesus says the thief comes only to steal and destroy. Jesus says that he comes that we might have life, real life, big life, like fully alive life. I say that this is not true. I say that there are people begging to hear the voice of God, calling them to go through the gate, to the pasture, but they don't hear the voice. Maybe they can't. I say, I don't know, I say I cannot hear Jesus' voice calling me. I say that I have listened to the thieves and the bandits so many times. So many times, like, I feel like I was being ripped off. Like, listening to their voice, I felt like I was dying, being destroyed. How can Jesus say people will recognize only his voice and follow only him? It just doesn't seem true. There are so many people in so much pain who have been so deceived. How can Jesus say something that so clearly contradicts my experience? And then, okay, this is where that dream analysis of Freud or Jung or Steve Norstead comes in. I thought, like, what if this text is like that? Like, it's not really Jesus or God saying all these things that don't make any sense out of my experience, but what if everyone in this text is really me, like a part of me? And then I think of the sheepfold, you know? A sheepfold is like a stone ring. Um, The walls are about like three or four feet high, and there's just one opening where the gate is. That ring, that stone shape, like, that's myself, like the self like my psyche, you know, maybe my unconscious self. And like part of me is the thief, not entering by the gate, but climbing over the wall, which is self-deception. And the thief's voice is the part of me that speaks to me, that deceives me into thinking or doing the things that rob me of life, of big, real life, that fully alive kind of life. The thief's voice It leads to a kind of walking dead life. And the bandit, you know, the Greek word that is usually translated as bandit in the gospel means a rebel, like a political rebel. So the bandit is the rebellious part of me. So it's also a voice, though, of self-deception that leads me away from being fully alive. Leads me to thinking that I need to rebel, to strike out, that that's what it means to be really alive, but it too leads to less than fully alive living. And the stranger is a self-deceptive voice that tells me it's not okay to be me, that there's another me, a preferable me that I should pursue. But for every one of these self-deceptive voices, I have inside of me a voice that knows what it means to be fully alive, that can lead me to a real life, big life, abundant life. For the thief, I have the voice of the shepherd that calls me to a kind of true self. For the bandit, I have the the gate that calls me to safety. And for the stranger, I have the voice of the gatekeeper that both lets me out of the sheepfold, 
to take appropriate risks in the world, and to feed in the pastures, and lets me back into the sheepfold, where I can find rest and solace. So to live an abundant life, a fully alive life, all I have to do is listen to the true, life-giving voices inside me, and not to believe the voices of self-deception that I have within me. I have what I need in me to be fully alive. I have everything I need inside myself to stay fully and live a full, alive life. I just need to keep the voices in balance. See? See, when I understand the text this way, it's not Jesus, God, telling me that I will only recognize his voice and I will not follow the voice of the stranger, the thief, or the bandit. It's just another part of me, a positive part of me that sometimes prevails and sometimes it doesn't. So I don't need to think that it's Jesus being wrong. This way I don't end up with a Jesus that is saying things that contradict my experience. This way I don't end up with a God that is untrustworthy, that doesn't know me or seem to know people. See? So I'm crouching behind this metal cart, you know, in the dark hallway, and they've run past. They've run past, and I feel like I'm in the clear, right? So I jump up to run the other way, and I accidentally bump into the metal cart, and I knock a bunch of stuff onto it, and it clangs onto the hallway floor loudly, and they stop, and they turn around, and they start running for me. I run. I find a door unlocked. I go through it, and I'm back in the ward, and I run to the bed that I woke up in, and I fall on it, breathing hard, and I look over next to me, and she's there still lying there, looking into my eyes. She doesn't seem alarmed or worried at my absence or surprised at my reappearance. She just looks into my eyes with the same deep kindness. Or it's maybe like peace or love, and she strokes my hair but it's kind of like in a dream thing because I kind of feel like I'm stroking her hair. Or I can't tell. It's just nice. Peaceful. And she sort of smiles with the pinched sort of sideways smile. And I can see she has lipstick on her teeth. And then I feel like this rush. Like this rush in my whole body. My whole body and I see into her eyes, and I see that she is beautiful. She is beautiful, and I feel like this rush, and it feels like it's like indescribable, but maybe something like love or life, like being fully alive for the first time. And I think, what if there is a voice? What if of all the voices I have inside of me, that there is a voice that comes from outside of me, beyond me, a voice that is not in rivalry with any other voice, does not compete with any other voice, because it is beyond me, but comes to me 
penetrates me, tells me that I am her own. She tells me that I will not follow the voice of the stranger, the thief, or the bandit, but I will follow her voice because I know it. I recognize it. I've been birthed by it. And even though I don't completely understand this to be true, I can trust it because it's love, full, big life, and she has named me as her own. 